Eight. Any last words? Seven. Six. Five. Four. Three. Two. Tonight on Chuck and Lou, we bring back one of our favorite, Terry Hollander, local St. Charles legend here, coach at St. Charles West, over 500 victories, current coach at Lindenwood, and we talk anything from uh, the debate. Uh, we talk rundown of high school sports with Sam Page in St. Louis. Will teams play? Our team's playing. Our team's coming across the river. We talk anything uh, St. Charles. We talk St. Charles virtual teaching. Uh, we date that back to Coach Hollander's teaching. We talk about many different opinions that parents and kids should look forward to as far as kids playing at a 6th and 7th and 8th grade level, what they should expect should they play up. We talk about Roy Williams uh, taking a number two in the bathroom at St. Charles West. We talk many stories. We talk about Dushan High School getting back in the GAC. We get into a section called Whatever Chuck Decides, and we talk anywhere from the foursomes in golf that we would play with. We talk about our favorite athlete from St. Louis, if we could be that particular athlete. And then we have a very important uh, session at the end we call Word Association, where I give Coach Hollander uh, some names, and then he tells us his first thoughts that he did not even know was coming his way. Please take a listen. You'll really enjoy this one. Chuck and Lou. Welcome, everybody, to Chuck and Lou. Man, it's been a minute. It's been about what five or six weeks here, Iggy and and Lou. It's been. It feels like it. It feels like it. You know, mm-hmm. you just told your brother that he brought food down. You said no too. So things are changing. Man, we're going on a empty stomach tonight. Are you going to be able to make it? No, I'm not able to make it. You locked in, but we need your voice to be up a little bit. It looks like no. you're about ready to fall asleep here. It's school night, I know. We'll it, get you through it's, this. It's Sunday night. Sunday it, night. It's, it's been a long weekend. The Blues lost, and the Cardinals are out, so you're just kind of looking for things to do, aren't you? And I got no Fox Sports Midwest, so I'll get through it. Oh, my goodness. You talk about, man, that's like almost getting a divorce. you losing Fox Sports Midwest. What are you going to do? You can't watch Worlds. I have to find a new wife. Yeah, that's right, man. Better lock, lock into ESPN2 or something, you know? So we... Start tonight, we have one of our main ingredients back to our show that we've had many a times. We're bringing back Coach Terry Hollander tonight to get his in, get our insight, his insight on many of things that have been going around, uh, you know, anything from COVID to St. Charles West stuff to Lindenwood basketball, just to anything in general, but it's great to have Coach back. Coach, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Uh, you know, I kind of almost feel like, uh, you know, a... Uh, uh, one year, uh, you know, regular, you know, every year. And that's, uh, that's, that's an honor. Hey, it's you know, honor. It, it was incredible. I was actually listening to one of our shows previously that we'd had, yeah. and I realized it was two years ago, Oof. almost. I mean, this is episode where I'm in the high 40s, high 50s. Um, you know, we've gone through many things. Sounds like from, the temperature right now. Exactly. Well, what do you think about the temperature in this t- this time of year? Perfect, year to, perfect. perfect time to play golf. This is my favorite time of year, Coach. I, I tell you, the grass is growing, and you, you put some water on it, kind of let it do its thing. But you go outside with a little sweatshirt weather, nothing better than nothing this time better. of year. Yes. If you go, if you live in Missouri, somewhere between September the 10th and October the 20th, that's that's those are the best uh, best month or so. I could not agree more. So we move on here with Coach Hollander. Let's, let, we got a guy in the house. He's compiled over 600 high school wins, Missouri Coaches Hall of Fame, GAC Hall of Fame, St. Louis Metro Football Hall of Fame. If all of us remember at St. Charles West, won over 500 games at 549 and 279 losses. That's that's pretty good there, there Lou. You know, you're going to meet – when was the last time I won a turkey bowl game? Uh, I think your second year. 
Oh. No, 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 no. It was the year we went to the state quarterfinals. Oh, man. 15-16. Man, I feel great over here with this legend here. But obviously a state champion in 95, second in 2008, third in 94 in 2003, won 12 district titles, uh, was also the football and baseball coach at West. So it's great to have Coach. Coach, how's things? At, you're at Lindenwood here again for your, your second tenure. Yeah. Um, how's it going with the college setting and COVID uh, life? Second, yeah, second trip through. Um, kind of like Dale Earnhardt, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I enjoy it just as much. Uh, uh, it's going good. I mean, right now, you know, with all the, uh, you know, put it this way, it's crazy. We weren't on campus for five months. I mean, right. I, I never actually went into the office for more than five months. That's a lot of golf. Know, it's a lot of golf, you know. Um, but, uh, you know, once we once school started and uh, we had a couple of weeks there where they just let our guys shoot and stuff. But then, you know, right now we're in the part of the season where we get four hours a week. Uh, so we divide that up into uh, – one hour Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, take Wednesday off, and then uh, come October the 14th or 15th, we, we're starting for real. So now, now I, I say that, you know, but we all know there's always that threat of interruptions that uh, that could occur. And interruptions, Lou, have been kind of <laughs> rampant throughout the high school setting here. Can Kind of give us a rundown of just people who really don't have kids in high school. You know, they, they see the numbers online, and there's very few cases in the schools, but the quarantining has been kind of an issue. Just kind of give us a rundown, a real quick rundown of maybe teams around here that are right now just have teams in quarantine that maybe the local public really doesn't know, and it's not really the kids on the team who have necessarily COVID, but just the quarantining of a kid they saw at a party or down at McGurk's or something? Uh, well, I think the big one here in St. Charles is Duchenne right now. Right. Lutheran St. Charles as well. We got With, House Central kind of went on a little hiatus House there Central, in football. Yep, they're hopefully going to come back this week. Depends on what happens there. Uh, I think another one, and this is uh, one that's not been very public, but they've been public in resisting St. Louis County and Carnot Word. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about this St. Louis situation here. You know, teams coming over. We had Francis Howell yesterday hosting three football games. Lutheran North and Coach Reed's firing him out there last night. Uh, Lou, first, I really like your perspective on this situation. Uh, what are your thoughts on the, the teams from St. Louis coming over, and where in the heck are we? At Parkway North, you know, I see the jerseys out. Teams are starting their first. What's going on? I have no clue, honestly. <laughs> I just have no clue. It's, it's just kind of a crapshoot, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's, I mean, I'm, Tell the general public, though, what, what are the St. Louis teams doing? Act, act like I am well, Susie, from, and I work at Lions Frozen Custard. I don't know what's going on. St. Louis County Executive Sam Page has said we're not going to let football be played in St. Louis County right now to reduce the spread of the coronavirus. And St. Lu- St. Louis County team said, uh-uh, I think it doesn't. And so coming over to St. Charles County and playing games over here. And the Red Army, the Incarnate Word, was kind of the first one to kind of kind of put this on a skateboard and ride it across the bridge. What they did it for... Softball and volleyball coming over here to St. Charles County, and um, it kind of—well, I wouldn't say it's come back to bite them, even though they've had teams in quarantine right now. It's that's actually—it's not had anything to do with games, but it's—it's it's a yeah. Incarnate Word was the first one to do it. Yeah, Coach, what are your thoughts on this? Well, the we big got city councilman here, you know, yeah, county councilman. County councilman. Oh, yeah, you know, sorry about but that. But anyway, uh, no, I, I really think that uh, I, you know, I think Sam Page. Uh, you know, thinks he's doing what's best for of the course. public. Uh, my my argument would be uh, that uh, that he needs to let these schools try. 
You right. know, I mean, you know, look across the straight state and over here in St. Charles, Jefferson County, wherever you're at, you know, they, they have the ability to try to see if they can pull this off. You know, now, again, as we just talked about, sometimes it's working out, sometimes it's not working out. But to not deny these schools uh, the opportunity to give it a whirl, I think that's where that, right. that's where he's wrong. And I really think that probably this week or next week he's going to relent the numbers that I'm looking at in St. Louis County are going down, believe right. it or not. You know, um, the numbers are going up in St. Charles, Jefferson County, and outstate, but they're actually going down in St. Louis County and St. Louis City. So, so are we going to play over there next week? He's got to chase the numbers? I don't think that's going to happen simply. But, <laughs> St. Louis uh, County and City are the only two areas in the entire state that are not playing high school football right that's now. That's great. That, you and, know, I mean, if the, you're going to argue outside St. Louis area that the that high school sports don't revolve around St. Louis, I agree, but we're in the forefront of it right now. Yeah, you see that. And what about these districts that have been put out? You know, all, some of the teams, even we got districts with teams who haven't even played yet. I mean, how is this going to work? You know, do, do the teams that are like third and fourth in their district mentally, do they hope the other teams don't play so they can maybe get by? Like, That's how? what we need to hope for uh, Trinity in our <laughs> district. Yeah, Trinity, maybe they can just shut her down and MICDS and we can yeah. scoot on in, the Warriors, you know? Yeah, scoot into a district title game in St. Dominic, maybe. So, Lou, tell us real quick. I'm going to give you about one minute. Why don't you go ahead and sum up football in the area? Area as far as maybe Duchenne, St. Charles, uh, St. Charles West, and maybe even kind of outskirt to the Zoom Waltz real quick in the Howls. Give us your top teams, and, and, and what should we be looking for the next couple of weeks as well, far as the good teams around town? The top team in St. Charles County, one, two, three, Zoom Walt North, not a surprise. Right. Uh, Duchenne, hot. Real hot. Un- oh, one loss to start the year. Over, We're pretty cold over right now because they're in their basements. Yeah. Uh, St. <laughs> Charles West, iffy right, right now, three and three. 62-50 win over Orchard Farm. 62-50, Coach. You know, I, I I know when you were back there, we were running the running the wishbone and, and getting. Oh, I'm sure you scored a lot of 62 points in your career. Or? We 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 would usually score 35 to 42 um, on the but, season. Uh, no, per game, uh, many of those wishbone teams. Now, we, you know, it, the game didn't take four hours, though, like it does right. now. And, uh, you know, somebody actually tackled everybody every once, somebody every once in a while back in those days. But uh, So you're, you you're know, saying that maybe the defense is a little bit of an issue. I'm least. saying basically what we have a lot of in high school football now is what we refer to as gym short football. Gym short football. Yeah, gym short football. I'm not too sure anybody really even needs pads anymore. Right. Should so. we just put the flags on them, you think? <laughs> that's, that's kind of the Extreme, but that's about the uh, about what it looks like. So you know, if it was gym short football when I was playing high school, I probably could have played some football, yeah. Lou. That sounds a lot like flag football now. And, 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 you know, me and gym shorts, I can do anything. <laughs> you know, I could have uh, maybe gone out there and run around and act like I was tackling somebody a little bit, you know. But gym short football is kind of what it is. You look at these scores. Even in the NFL, it's kind of turned into gym short football. Yeah. I'd take the over on everything. Well, you know, my, my theory, uh, and you see this happening. Back when, when we were coaching, you know, 15 years ago or so, basically everybody would be somewhat of a running team with some some passes and stuff. But what would happen is you would you would grind it out and by halftime let's say that it's twenty one to nothing, twenty eight to nothing. Then you score one in the second half and it's thirty five to nothing, thirty five to seven. The other team scores a little bit against your second stringers, final scores thirty five fourteen. Everybody goes home happy. Right. I mean, we, we we won. They scored a couple of touchdowns. They're Sophomore happy. kid ran it well for the yeah, losing team. Everybody's happy. But now, because everybody, even the bad teams, throw almost every time, instead of the final score being 35 14, the final score is 73 to 28. <laughs> 
And now nobody feels good. Right. The team that scored 73 doesn't feel good because, let's face it, it really wasn't much of a challenge. The team that got 73 scored on them, they're not very happy. Right. So I just think that, that this whole emphasis on passing is just kind of just really, really uh, shown the dis- differences between the haves and the have-nots in football. Absolutely. We scored absolutely. 62 points last week, and we were still – playing our starters and we don't pass the ball at all right so. i mean you can just tell nobody's tackling anybody you know, yeah. get them out there on the edge i can and, probably score four and, and i'll be honest with you the, the rules and just the way high school football is played today number one you have less kids on your team right number two even back on 15 20 years ago we we did not hit very much uh-huh. okay and the truth of the matter is if you're smart nowadays you're not gonna hit at all at all so it's pretty hard to expect a kid to be a really good tackler on friday night when he really hasn't practiced any kind of live he's, tackling he's tackling dummies and cones that's and, right you, you know, know? <laughs> so it, it that, i think that has a a big uh, a big impact on it it would almost be like not practicing shooting and <laughs> expecting to score points you know you're not you're not tackling anybody and you, you expect to tackle someone. Nah, I, mean, that's, that's, I think that's it'd be works. more like trying to practice defense, but not without... Well, take it to your golf game. It'd be like, you know, trying to shoot a 68, but not working on your putting. No, you more know, like you, working on my chipping. That's what's costing me. You know, let's talk <laughs> about this weekend. So you shot a 79 today in the in these temps with the wind, with the hawk up? Sure. Yeah? From, from the tippies? Where'd you play today? The falls. The falls. Ooh. You're getting loose here. You know, your season, big senior year coming up here. There are some holes, I'm telling you. The wind had a little bit of effect on it, like hole 14, t- 175 downwind and hit 8, 8 iron, and 17, that downhill par 3. Keep talking. Playing from the tips, about <laughs> playing tens in the back, so it's playing about 190 into the wind. I mean, I'm telling you. you like, sure it wasn't 192? Something like that, I don't yeah. know. But, I mean, that's playing like 210 yards, which is ridiculous for when it's listed at 178. It's crazy, man. Did you guys watch the debate the other night? I did. I did not. Man. Coach, you know, I did. Wow. You know, I tell you what, I haven't watched too many debates in my life. I'm not the biggest you know, yeah. politician around, but that was an hour and a half of just extreme ignorance. Oh. Or what was that, Coach? Well, I'll put it this way. I, you know, I, I taught American history and civics. I used to have b- debates with my freshman civics class, uh-huh. okay, where I would be the moderator, and we would have two 14-year-old, you know, pimple-faced kids. Right. They were a whole lot better than that one the other night. I would have okay? taken two pimple-faced kids in a heartbeat the other night. You know, if I put it this way, there was probably a good chance if I would have been the moderator, and I would have sent one of them to the principal's office the other night. Yeah. Uh, you know, it was. It was an embarrassment for everybody concerned. I mean, let's face it. We, you know, if you're if you're American history teacher, uh, social studies teacher, you probably told your kids, hey, listen, you need to to watch this. I mean, this is history and stuff. And then what do you tell them the next day? Maybe you tune into SpongeBob tomorrow night? Yeah, (laughs) I say, man, I am sorry to make have have made you watch that. You know, so it was was a disaster. You talk about an ultimate backfire as a teacher when you try to tell them to watch something. Well, I'm not taking AP government this year. Holy moly, there's so many things I'd rather watch than that. But I tuned in, man. It was was priceless. I tell you you what. It'll be interesting to see, you know, if if they have the second, third debates. Are they going to put a mute button or no? I I would I would go even third. I would go with the trap door. Trap door. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> trap door. Just like like you know, just like that television show that Ellen DeGeneres has got. Just boom, you're gone if you don't pay attention. No, I I don't know. I just I'd be interesting to see how many uh, how fewer watchers there are the second uh-huh. time around because of the first time. So. Oh man, I think Tony I think Tony Larusa should be president. That's who I think should be president. Yeah. What do you think about that, Lou? Uh, Maybe I think, Scott Bueller? Uh, I think Tony Lewis would be a lot better. Yeah? 
Sorry, Dad. Hard nine, you know? Yeah, hard nine. <laughs> Make everybody read three nights in August. So, Coach, let's talk a little bit about, you know, you were a teacher back in the day oh. and, and Lou's in school, and I'm a teacher now, and I'm teaching kids in classrooms. I got no webcams. I'm just teaching the kids. We're wearing masks. Mm-hmm. We're doing our thing. Uh, what would it have been like for you teaching back in the day if you had a webcam on you during your tenure there at St. Charles West? Well, probably early in my tenure, I would have, first of all, I would have no idea how to get it set up. I right. had to, I had to call Mr. Gross and right. have him come down, and I would have no idea what in the world to do. Um, second of all, you know, I've always th- told people that when it comes to teaching, right. okay, let's face it, there's a lot of negatives. The only positive is the interaction with the students. Absolutely. Right in front of you. And if you take that away, now there's nothing left that's really right. good. So I don't, I could, I could not, I just couldn't see myself doing it. Now, you know, actually the, the face-to-face teaching, uh, I think is, is, you know, I think kids just, I think they yearn for it. You Absolutely. Know? Um, you know, and again, I can understand why certain parents and certain uh, kids would choose that, you know, the online option and, and cause there is no right and wrong in this particular age that 100%. we live in. Right. There's no right or wrong. Uh, but I think, uh, I think it would have been very, very difficult for me. I don't know how would I would have handled it to be honest. I don't with know you. how I would handle the grab ass online. You know, if the kids, uh, you know, doing something online there, that's kind of yeah, disruptive, I, <laughs> you know, do you call his house line and tell him to Ground him or something? Yeah, I, I, you, know? you know, I just, I just bring think him to the virtual principal's office. Is there a virtual the vir- principal? I don't know. Probably not. <laughs> That'd be a heck of a job. You know, here I got Tony on a Zoom call eight here. He's been <laughs> acting up in class. We're gonna send him down to the virtual principal. I, I'm. Would you be gonna... a good virtual principal, Lou? No, no. I wouldn't. You just let him back to their room and let him log on, log in again. I guess. I don't know, but I can tell you right now, I don't know if it's happened to you, Chuck, but there's been a couple teachers that have been Zoom bombed at our school. What is a Zoom bomb? Yeah, can I get a definition? When you got like a, when a hacker comes in and Ooh. not, oh, I mean, it doesn't have to be a hacker, but they come in and start swearing at your teacher and calling them rude names and nice. stuff. Nice, nice. Yeah, I mean, it It start when Zoom was first getting popular back in the beginning. It was, it was normally reserved for like, Religious stuff, normally uh-huh. for mainly for some reason like neo Nazis coming in and Jewish services and doing that. But it's, I mean, these hackers are mainly doing it in schools now. It's it's really dumb. Man, I tell you what, I mean, and I, that's I, even with private Zoom cl- Zoom classrooms too. Like on a whole different subject here, do do kids still go out and have fun? Like, do they have TP houses and stuff still, or is uh, that like, yeah, is that we've, not had, a thing? we've had some, we've had some kids get TP'd this week. Really? Mm-hmm. So they still can actually like, they get out of their house yeah. and like function. Had, had they some, still go to like convenient and Slurpees and then TP everybody. I, we've had yards. some kids TP their own houses on our basketball team. TP their own houses. Oh, that's, oh, uh, man, that's boredom coach. Yeah, that's you know? borderline. Not that's, quite right. That's, you know, Hey mom, I'll be back and I'm just going to TP. So they just TP their own houses. Um, maybe. <laughs> Man, they, I tell you what, you guys are bored. I, you know, I don't know what the hell you guys are doing out there, but I tell you what. Um, so we, as we move on here. Say the one kid I'm talking about. That's a joke, and you know it. Oh, good gosh. I tell you what, I can't wait to. I'm going to go by your house tonight. You're going to be out there throwing TP around. I tell you what. So the, the next portion of our show is just called Terry Hollander's Perspective on Stuff. This one is brought to you by Gibbon Sons Painting. Yeah. Gibby, you know, if you, reach out to Gibby if you, if you need some shutters or some power washing or maybe some painting done. You can reach oh, out to. To Gibby at 636-485-5435. Gibby's coming out here in a couple weeks. He's got 
going to give me some new shutters, Coach. Okay. He's going to, uh, you know, give me a new little front entry here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I, I better and I, not walk by home from school one day and see just like just a mess outside your house. Well, it might be Dougie Point just, extra out there. Just to give give him a little plug, one of the big things they're doing now is kitchen cabinets. Oh He's yeah, gotten really good at it. So they're taking those those woody looking ones yes. and they're turning them nice and yes. wide. He, you know, make it look. They can do a lot of stuff. Iggy, how's your pool going? Oh my gosh. <laughs> Did they I, dug a hole yet? They dug a hole and then it got slowed down and stopped for no cannonballs yet. Reason after no, it would hurt right now. <laughs> it would hurt. Yeah, yeah, it would really hurt. Have you like played in it? Like, no, try to keep the kids away from it because it's a construction site and there's lots of sharp objects and metal and <laughs> things laying around. Kids plural. Well, yeah, there's been kids over. You just kind of invite kids over to play yeah. in the concrete pool, or no. Around, oh, okay. I was just making sure over there. I tell you what, you know, coach, we're gonna move into this portion. I need to call it Terry Hounder's perspective on stuff. You know, a lot of show prep we've done here over the past couple of weeks here, but we're gonna talk about things that maybe some you know players that are listening or, or coaches or parents sure. or anybody in general. But what, coach, what is your biggest amateur parent or player put, uh, pet peeve? Well, there's a number of them. Uh, parent wise, I think is just the uh, just the idea of uh, just trying to get parents to relax and enjoy the period of time that their sons or daughters are participating in high school sports. Okay, uh-huh. uh, you know, and that is so difficult for parents because they they you know they just just feel this this pressure for their 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 kids to perform. Um, I. Uh, Oh, this was a long time ago, but uh, it was a freshman orientation here at West one one year, and I, I got a chance to talk to all freshman parents, and uh-huh. I said, if you want to make the next four years enjoyable, the number one thing that you need to do is you need to get in your mind that your son or daughter is not going to get an athletic scholarship. Right. That it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Just enjoy them participating. Now, at the end of this four years, if it happens, we'll be the happiest people in the world. We'll help you in, in many, many different ways, but if that is constantly in your mind, I guarantee you these next four years will not be as enjoyable as they need to be. 100%. Okay. That, that's, that's the number one thing with parents. Uh, players, I, you know, I think just just kids uh, in general need to, you know, participate in more sports. Uh-huh. Than, you know, we, we all talk about the specialization thing. I think it's awful. I agree. You know, uh, kids need to be playing two sports and three sports. They need to look at their school and say, hey, how can I help as much as possible my school you right. know and uh yeah and, and again part of it's the prob- problem with players mm-hmm. i mean we've talked part of it's a big problem with coaches right. you know there there's the there are coaches out there we luckily we've never had them at st charles west but we are coaches out there that will tell kids hey listen you're really good but if you spent all your time with me just think how good you'd be mm-hmm that's that's just an ego trip, right? You know what that coach should be saying is, man, you are really good, and I will work with you. But you know, man, I, I think you, I think you'd be better off really, uh, really contributing to the football team or the baseball team or the soccer team, whatever you're talking mm-hmm. about. So that's that's a you know that's a pretty big, uh, pretty big pet peeve. And of course, I think you know the the other one, which is kind of a little, little bit of a laughable one, is the. The number of years ago when kids started, about 10 or 12 years ago, started with the my bad stuff. And I, you hate my bad, don't you? I hate the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. You know, I've heard coach at practice, yeah, you know, a kid uh, would say, oh, coach, my bad. And he would say, stop me. Yeah. He goes, everybody in the house knows it was your bad. 
You know, you don't have to tell me it's your bad. Everyone knows it's your bad. Yeah, they, you I know? think it was something that came around. Originally, I think it started as a way for kids to kind of express the fact that, hey, listen, you know, uh, you know, you know, it, it was my fault, and I'm kind of taking a little responsibility. But then it got to the point where I think kids got to the say, as long as I say this, then, okay. I'm, then I'm okay, no right. matter what I do. You know, and of course, I always used to give the analogy about, you know, uh, you know, the the brain surgeon that went in and operated on somebody and he came out and he told the parents, he said, hey, listen, you know, I, I messed up and, you know, you're, you're, you know, patient didn't make it and it ate my bad. Right. Well, <laughs> okay. That ref- you know, it's it just better. It's just better not to just say everybody understands. Got, is, that, is that like a, a, a huge way of, of laying out the landing pad? Yeah, you know, it's exactly the landing pad. And, you know, just take responsibility. Move on to the next play. Everybody right. everybody knows you made a mistake. So what? You know, so, but anyway. That's well, just... and, and, and as I started refing here recently, Lou, in the CNR <laughs> League, that you kind oh, of kind of gave me a little bit of uh, a flack for, you know. Coach, I saw Coach when I was refing. He asked me if I needed a loan. You know, I've, <laughs> I've asked you, and, and you're kind of like, what are you doing? But you talk about when you referee games from ages three to high school, you talk about that landing pad coach. You know? oh, you yes. see these coaches, oh, my son's out. He's our best player. Oh, the other kids are terrible. We're going to lose this one by 20. Or yes. the, the high school coach, I got three guys at football camp or three guys playing baseball, you know, yes. and, and kind of hopping around here. But um, I'm going to get into something. Tell us, tell us a story. I'm just going to hop around here yep. about when you were playing, I believe, with Kramer and the, and the guys back in the day. And you were mm-hmm. playing. This kind of leads into what we were talking about, the landing pad thing. Sure. And, and you're at a, a, a weekend, I think, and you're one of those weekend team camps where you were playing a ton of games. And here it is probably on a late Saturday or Sunday evening. And, and you were going to play East St. Louis. Yes. Well, it, we, we were over at SIU Edwardsville, and it was one of these deals where they had, I think you played five games. So we played, um, I think we played two on Saturday, and then Sunday we got up early Sunday morning. We played a game at like 9 o'clock, and then we played another game at 11 o'clock, and we had one more scheduled. And it wasn't until 3, so it's just, you know, we had the two or, th- two or three hour wait. Right. So I, I talked to the... Uh, the coach at East St. Louis, and I said, hey, listen, you know, if it's okay with you, I think, you know, my guys have had enough. And he said, oh, no, oh, no, 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 no. He said, man, we, we want to play. So I said, okay, we'll hang around. So we're playing on the main court, SIU Edwardsville, and we're playing East St. Louis, and we proceeded to kill them. I mean, <laughs> we, we, we killed them. We had, we had, we, we only had like six guys, but they were right, the they right were, six guys. They were the right six guys, you right. know? And of course, I don't know if they knew what they were getting into, you know? So we, we annihilated them and the, the guy came across the floor and I just looked at him and I said, I gave you a chance. Okay. I gave you a chance to get out of this. And, and so, but it was, it was one of those deals where actually the, the coach then was, uh, he, he, he was just uh, helping her in some days. It was uh, Dana, uh, huh? and who's now the coach at Alton High School. Right. But anyway, Good it was dude, just one but... of those great deal, great yeah. guy. You know, it's just one of those deals when. You know, our guys were, you know, they were they were good back in this. They were they were good back all the time. Then those guys I love were it. Tough. I love it. So, uh, what's your opinion on lifting during the season during the basketball season at the high school level, and then conditioning, practicing all in a two hour window? Well, I don't think you can lift in that two-hour window simply right. because I don't know, you, know, you only have so much time. Uh, you know, we I used to always encourage our guys to get in the weightlifting class. You know, right. I mean, so that way, uh, you know, you get it out of the way 
in the morning or, or whenever. Um, Coach Stahl always tells a story, though, about how, you know, he'd always get kids and it would be game day and he would, they would say, Coach, I can't lift it. They were game night. And he'd say, oh, no, 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 no. Ryan Robertson lifted on game day. And you ain't Ryan Robertson, buddy. <laughs> so you're lifting. All right. And, you know, and so that was it. Him and Troy both, you know, those guys back in those days, they, you know, they, they did well, what they were told. If you, if, if you lifted on game you day. Lift on game well, day? if you're lifting on game day because you're going to get sore, that means you haven't been lifting the other games No, either. that's right. You know, if, if Why you're, I always tell you people, lift on game day? That's, that makes if, no sense If you're sore from lifting, it's because you haven't lifted the last six months of your life and yes. you're just starting to kind of groove it in there. Sure, But, sure. I, you know, you talk about a class there that is so beneficial but so wasteful for so many kids. Yeah. You know, how many yeah. kids during a day get an hour to, to get better and get stronger, but it just, it, it turns into sometimes just a complete grab-ass show, yeah. and, the, and the kids don't even do anything. And, and the teacher at once, you know, it's hard to run a weight room with that many kids and, and trying to, and the kids are going to get whatever they get out of it. You know, there's a lot of ways to, to move around the weight room and act like you're doing something. <laughs> and, and you can definitely tell the kids by the sure. time they're a senior, the kids that have been working hard in there, the kids have been doing other things. But let's, let's kind of move on to, you know, kids playing. I always say the sixth through eighth grade, that sixth and seventh grade, um, how many teams do you think? a kid should play for what's the approach a kid that you know we're not talking about uh you know Leroy who's uh you know not very good and just wants to play C by C we're talking about that kid who um is possibly going to be that kid that plays as a sophomore on your varsity mm-hmm. team the kid that you know loves basketball but what are your things about you know we talk about you know we got 3D we got the Knights we got the Larry Hughes programs we got the feeder teams uh what would be your approach if you had a seventh grade kid who's above average player who's getting kind of um the tug pulled by the feeder team coach by the by the select coach and then by you know maybe the team with friends on it. What is your what would be your suggestion for well, kids and parents? Now again, you know this is this is Nirvana, the perfect situation. The perfect situation, I believe, is that kids should play on three teams. Right. Number one, he should play on a team where he is the guy. I mean, you know, everybody around him is really just buddies of his and not all that good, and he gets the chance to just do whatever he needs to do. All and all his buddies okay. know just to give it yes. to Joe. And then yeah. he needs to be on another team that is a competitive team, and he's, you know, one of the, you know, two, three, four best players, but they're playing a good schedule, and, you know, and then he also needs to be on a team that, that maybe is, uh, is very good, mm-hmm. and he has to really bust his rear end just to be in the top Five, six, right. okay? That's the perfect uh-huh. um, situation. Now, how do you work all three of them together? Well, you know, you have to have an agreements with all these different teams before you right. start. This is this is the, the pecking order. Uh, but, uh, and, and very seldom does that ever happen, yeah. okay? But, you know, I think that a lot of kids have the opportunity to move uh, to, to play on at least two teams, uh-huh. absolutely. and there's nothing, nothing, absolutely nothing wrong with that. Um, you know, I, I've had parents tell me that, hey, you know, my kids played on a couple of teams, and, you know, he got to be a freshman in high school, and he was burnt out. And my answer to that was, you can't be burnt out unless you were lit up first, okay? That's and your great. son's never been lit up, okay? Right. He never really. What do you mean by that? Well, he never was excited about it. Right. You know, kids that are really excited about it, they can't get enough. I right. Mean, you just can't, you just, they just can't get enough, no matter, you tell them we'll play five games, they say, okay, let's play six, you know? Uh, it's, and like, it's, it's like the guy that goes on a pub crawl. And, and goes home after pub crawl bar one. Uh, you know? Never been on one of those. Oh, well, that's, but that's you okay. Know. You know, I, I know. I, you know that guy, he's not going to have fun that day. No, you know? you got to wait every single one of them but and you give know, them a taste. Yeah. Uh, Didn't really put the effort in on it. No, no. no. So, you know, I, I think uh, I think it's, it's, it's good that kids play. Uh, you know, one of the things that kids have to do is they, they have to be challenged, though. Right. They have to be challenged. And uh, I can still remember I uh, Blake and Ryan – 
Um, they wanted to go to some camp in Louisville, Kentucky, and Blake was Blake and Ryan were both. Uh, I guess Blake was getting out of the freshman year. Ryan was gonna be a uh-huh. freshman. I don't know. So I sent them down to this camp down in in Louisville, and you know Johnny took them down and you know brought them back. And I, Blake walks in the house. I say, Hey Blake, what'd you what'd you learn? He said, I learned there's 156 guys better than I am. There you go. And I said, that was worth every penny I paid for 100%. this camp, just for you to know that. Right. There are 156 kids better than you are. And that's what okay? I think, you know, watching this this stuff up close from all different perspectives, I think it's also good. If you're in an area where you can't find those three options, I really, truly think if you're a 6th or 7th grader playing up, especially if you're a 6th grader playing up in 7th grade, because then you get that physicality of, well, I'm, I'm probably a better, I'm, I'm a more talented uh, basketball player than the seventh grader, but they're a little bigger and stronger. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're pressing me a little bit now. I got to get through some traps and some presses. Um, so I think that's also an option. Yeah. It's just you know playing against bigger, stronger kids and, and, and getting that experience. But I love the the three team. Well, game. yeah. Getting back to the organizations, I know there's you know there are a lot of organizations out there, and to me, it's not the organization that's important. It's the the, the person that's coaching my son's team. Hundred percent. Okay. I mean, the organization might be great, but if the guy coaching my son's team's awful, then and that's that's nothing. But then it just might be just the opposite. You got right. yourself an organization that might not be all that great, but man, this guy's really good. So it really gets down to the individual coach. Uh, is he, you know, is he is he positive? Is he, you know, I you know I always give that example that we used to give when we kids would come to our basketball camp. You know, all I want is that on Friday they like basketball more than they did on Monday. That's right. the only thing that we're trying to accomplish here, uh-huh. you know, and I think, you know, that's what you're looking for in those lower level coaches, you know, obviously along with teaching this basics and the, and the skills right. and that kind of thing. Uh, so if you could put a schedule for high school basketball together and you had a good team, like, well, good for St. Charles, you know what I mean, and what five, six, five or six teams in the area would you want to play as in your non-conference schedule Back in 1995, and where would you put them now? Well, you know, in fact, this is exactly what happened. Starting in, like, 1993, 94, 95, we started trying to add good teams because we had, uh, you know, a very good team. But sometimes that takes a while, okay? Mm -hmm. I mean, you can't just, you know, all of a sudden say, let's let's play next year. You know, we have to. So it took us a while. You can't just say, let's play next week. Yeah, it took, took, you know, it took a while to develop the schedule. As an example, Ryan never played against St. Francis Borgia. Our first time we Uh ever played Borgia was when. Troy was a Troy was a, a senior, so it took a long time to get a team like that. Um, but back then, obviously, the teams that we would try to add was, uh, you know, try to get. We got Desmet on the schedule. We got Hazelwood Central on the schedule. We had St. Francis Borgia on the schedule. Uh, you know, uh, we would. Uh, you know, we'd always keep Riverview on the schedule uh-huh. just because of the trying to play in that atmosphere is not not very Playing the not easy. JV tournament. We started. We never got out of that for many many years. <laughs> Heard um, about that. And then uh, and then of course the, you you start getting into tougher tournaments. You know, right. uh, when the school first started in 79, 80, uh, we were in the Merrimack tournament. Uh-huh. Okay, and the big tournament then was Normandy. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, after being in that tournament. For about five years, all the teams at Normandy, like Kirkwood, Webster, DeSmet, they all wanted to get out of Normandy and come into Merrimack. And, of course, they wanted those teams. So they called us up, and they very politely told us that we weren't invited back. Uh-huh. So we said, oh, okay, fine, okay. So anyway, we started playing in the Duchenne Christmas tournament. It worked great. I mean, we was three, three more home games for us. Right. But then we got really good. 
And the next thing you know, Merrimack's calling us up, saying, hey. hey, listen, man, we have an opening, and we'd right. love to have you guys. And, you know, the first year I said, listen, I'll tell you, i, I got to kind of stay loyal here. Right. I mean, you know, but then Ryan's senior year was actually the first year that we got okay. in, we got into Merrimack. So 95 was the first year you got back uh, into yeah, 90, It was the 94 tournament, but it's 94, 95 year. And with those good schedules and come. we got out of it because of this guy right here. Well, we got out of it because, good golly, we were the smallest team in it. Yeah. We had to get out of it. It yeah. was changing back and forth. Oh, and sure. Really you know, that's a, a that's bit. the thing. You know, the, the, you know, they're uh, back then. You know, you had certain things you were going for, and to be honest with there there wasn't as many good tournaments as there is now. You right. know, MICDS has become almost as good as Absolutely. as as, if as, not as Merrimack yeah. or whatever that coaches for cancer or whatever. Um, but today, I you know, again, it, it all depends. You know, we had we had an opportunity back in the nineties uh, to. Uh, you know, to play Vashon, you know, right. I mean, we played him in the state tournament those two years, but then three or four years later, they coached us. I wasn't interested in doing uh-huh. that, you know, I, simply because, you know, what's, what's that going to be? You know, we'll go down right. there and it'll, you know, it'll be, uh, you know, be kind of chaotic. And then are they really going to return the favor and come, come back, back up here? So, you know, that wasn't that going to work very well. So, and with those good teams and those good tournaments, and now you're planning it's better competition, come good players. And now we got coaches that are, coming into the building to watch players like Ryan. And yeah. Let's get straight to it. Roy, Roy Williams took a dump at St. Charles West. Is that a true story? That is a true story. I didn't say dump uh, poop. Yeah, you know, poop. So uh, I took a dump yes, in and, uh, the cup. Keep in mind now, first of all, you know, Roy Williams, uh, you know, I mean, obviously now he's in more Hall of Fame than you can shake his dick at. And back then he was, of course, still um, coaching Kansas. Right. And and he had a, he had a theory that he didn't come to basketball games uh-huh. to watch a kid because he felt like it would be kind of a distraction, distraction and right. all this. So he would come to practice. And uh, you probably still, you know, I still remember this, man. I mean, you know, here comes Roy Williams walking down our steps. We're down in the gym. And here yep. he comes walking down the steps, you know. And, man, all of, of course, we knew he was coming, too. Right. And uh, well, know, I bet right in that practice plan that day was it. Oh yes, yes, you know. <laughs> and you talk about some guys hustling. Holy oh, smokes, everybody, everybody's playing hard. Man. Man. The guy twelve on the bench thought he was going to get a scholarship. Oh, you so anyway, we get about you know we're we're practicing and Roy says, hey, listen, you know, he says, you know, we're here's we're good good place. I need I need to go to the bathroom. So I said, oh, I man, go to coach's office. So we, you know, I point him around the corner and through so the past Roscoe and you know, there. <laughs> So he goes into Strauss's office, you know, and uh, you know, uh, from, time to saddle up. I think I think Coach uh, I think Coach uh, Stall might have been around, but anyway, yeah. So you know, the story goes that you know uh, Roy actually uh, uh, did uh, actually you know take a dump in the in the <laughs> coach's office at St. Charles West, uh, and uh, you know, there's not a time I don't go in no, there. I don't think about that. Uh, that's you know, there is you know, I don't I don't know. Probably probably the bathroom hasn't changed any since. No, absolutely. But it was that just you know something. It was it really was. I, you know it was really um, it was really exciting back in those days to have those guys come and. So what you know, top top Hall of Fame coaches did you have in the gym during well, that little time? Well, of course, time? obviously we you know Roy Williams, we, Norm Stewart came. Uh-huh. Uh, Norm Stewart was really cool. One time, one time he decided to come at lunchtime, so he went. He came. Sat out in the cafeteria with all the, with all the kids. That's cool, you know. And sitting there, you know, that that was cool. Um, you know, we had, you know, of course, Charlie Spoonhauer was around uh-huh. was around a lot, and um, um, uh, Jim Beheim. Um, there were uh, Bobby Knight. I got to meet Bobby Knight. So Bobby was, Knight was in Warrior. Warrior was Land? not in Warrior Land. He was at Umsel. He called uh-huh. me up, or he his, his assistant called me up and said, "Hey, listen, uh, I'm going to be in St. Louis. I'm going to be visiting Jihadi White. And while I'm visiting Jihadi White, I'd like to see if I." 
set something up to watch Ryan play. Right. So anyway, I made some calls, and we ended up getting a pickup game at, at Umsel. And sure enough, you know, Bobby Knight, I got, to, got to, I got to spend a good half an hour just me and Bobby Knight talking. That was, you know, really, That's really awesome. big thrill. You Didn't know? throw so any chairs at you, right? No, no, no. It was, you know, he was, he was, he was great. Uh, now, you know, uh, he was, uh, you know, he, he was different than his persona when he was one on one. But when right. he was with a group, you know, he kind of. Well, you knew he was up. different when you you see that he's got best friends like Tony Larusa and guys like oh, that. Sure. You knew that there was sure. a side to him that he was a good dude. Yeah, dude. and and you know, I'll be honest with you know Ryan being the kind of kid and the parents that he had, uh, he wasn't going to Indiana. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> get over here, Ryan. That's, you know, he was. No, don't get me wrong. <laughs> Ryan probably would have been great for him, but right. it, you know, just a, just a different style, you know, right. of coaching. So. Uh, all right, so I'm going to have to ask you about the infamous third base coaching story. And apparently it's something with coaching third base in a ball. It high, is very, high school baseball coach. It coaching. is very uh, infamous because it, it, was, it was, as I look back over now, this is my 48th year coaching. It is, it is literally the lowest point in my coaching career, oh, even boy. though at the time it was probably only the second year that I coached. <laughs> That's I usually when prob- mistakes like I that happen. I was happened. probably 22 years old <laughs> at the time, and I got this bright idea. It was, you know, we, we, had, a, we had a guy on third base. And we had two outs. Is this JV baseball? JV bas- uh, baseball. And we're playing St. Dominic. So it's probably 545, about 48 degrees. Yeah, you know, and uh, got a guy on third. Got a guy that's batting. There's two outs. You know, he's got like a hundred percent chance that he's going to strike out here. <laughs> and uh, this was the bottom of the bottom of the seventh. I think it's last inning. Are we tied? Tied. Oh yes, yes, we are tied. Gotta get this yes, W. Yes, it was. Uh, and anyway, I just kind of asked the pitcher. He was standing on the mound, had a guy on third. You know, I just kind of said, "Hey, listen, you know, you know, let me see the baseball." Like you know, like, like I was an umpire and I was kind of like checking it out. Well, he throws it over. You know, and the next thing you know, it goes out of play, and our guy runs in and <laughs> scores the winning run. In. And nobody, nobody knew what really happened. They just assumed the kid was trying to pick our guy off. Through Which runner. coach happens all the time, picking guys yes, off. Third and then, but apparently, like on the bus on the way home, and by the way, their coach was a priest. That didn't work out very good either. <laughs> My administrator was a priest because I was at Duchenne at the time. You know, and it, he said, "Would you would you try to pick the guy off for?" And of course, the kid said. No, he said that's not really what happened. He kind of explained what happened. Uh, I'm sure that I scarred the kid for life. He hasn't, right. he hasn't trusted anybody since, you know. Right. And uh, anyway, he uh, he told his administrator, and I got called into the office, and that was the. <laughs> I've had many many high points in my coaching career. That was the lowest, and you know, I I really don't. Uh, I, I really don't know why I did it, but you had to get a W. I, did, I had to get a W. I you know, guess, you know, it's Thursday at, night at six fifteen, sun's going down. I, I know it's, it was it, you know, it's just that's just that's just awful. You can't go to the pine room without getting a W. <laughs> you know, thing. I'll tell you what. You know, I, I was talking to one of your assistants at, at Christian here, your last uh, high school stop, Dave Lehman, and you know, I was kind of always wondering, you know, when you got back into high school coaching, you know, would the fire still be there? And he tells a great story about how it was summertime and, and you, you guys were playing, and uh, Christian was obviously. One of your one of your first summer games that yeah. you had, and you know things weren't really going your way, and uh, you know you, you called the ref over, and it's the like once like one once again probably these kids first time you ever coached them here in the That's summertime, true. and and he called the ref over, and and you said, hey buddy, I'm trying, my assistant coach is trying, our guy. 
guys are trying. Why don't you start trying? <laughs> Boom. You know, and I can only imagine uh, th- this guy's probably like, oh, Terry's back and thinking, you know, it's summertime. He's probably been all night at Llewellyn's or Uncle Joe's, this, and here he is yeah. coaching Terry here. And well, I, I think the guy was probably refereeing his ninth game that day, you know, <laughs> I'm sure. And, you know, he probably wasn't really getting paid very well. But, you know, you know, the, the, you know, you never you never lose the passion. I mean, right. I, I, you know, I, I don't think that that ever disappears. And, you know, you, you that's that's why you get into it. That's, you know, the whole the whole competition part of it, you know, uh, you know, so, uh, yeah, I, I, you know, I, that's one of my pet peeves, not to take summer games and fall leagues right. too, too serious, but I guess I was at that time. So, yeah. So if a kid gets hurt at practice and it wasn't bad to so say like a rolled ankle or something, do you put chalk around there? What do you do? <laughs> yeah, what's this, chalk well, this is, this is a story come from, uh, one of the great characters ever in coaching in St. Charles, uh, Jim Williams uh-huh. coach at St. Charles high one state championship, 1982, just a funny, funny guy and a great guy. Um, uh, but he he used to say when a kid would get hurt, you know, they'd be having. He said, he said, draw a chalk line around him. Let's move the drill over. <laughs> you know? And it was just one of those kinds of things where you know he just you know he tried to toughen kids up. Right. And of course, nowadays you probably have three trainers, three trainers run, running towards the kid, and everybody yeah. would yeah. Uh, but you know, it was Jim. Jim was just an awesome guy. You know, I, I always tell people that. <laughs> He, he was the kind of guy that if you were, uh, you know, if, if you were stuck someplace for three hours, you know, you'd want to get stuck with him. Yeah. It would be Storyteller, an enter- it would be an entertaining three hours. Bring your popcorn. You. Yep. Yep. So we're going to skip down here. Um, let's get back. Do you think you think Duchenne should go back to the GAC, Coach? Oh, yeah, I think they should. I mean, I, think, I don't see why not. I mean, it's it, things have totally changed since they right. left. Uh, I, mean, I think they're very, very competitive with St. Charles West, Warrington. I mean, that, I think it would fit, fit perfectly. Slide in there perfectly. And, I, I, and in, in comparative to the conference that they're in right now, in which there's a, a large number of, uh, oh, I don't know, I guess you could call it, um, you know, private schools that are looking to, bring in a huge top-flight athletes. Right. You know, uh, I think they fit better in the GAC, which obviously, you know, they belong to and they were one of the founding members Especially the if you're an athlete around the area here that wants to yeah. compete against other schools in the area. Yeah, I, I think it's some. I think it's something that, that will probably be looked at and probably be explored here in the, in the near future. And I just wonder if maybe they'll high-foot it over here this year in basketball and just take a one-year thing and see how it works out. Because uh, what happens if they can't play... You know, I don't know how that's yeah, all going to work you out. Know, well, you know, I mean, this we're such age of uncertainty. You never know. Right, right, right. So what? So we got a an all-time team here in the city of St. Charles, which includes St. Charles High, Duchenne, and St. Charles West. And they'll be from 1996 on, so 95's out. We just had to take Robertson out of there. Yeah. So you got to go with about 8 to 10. You got to have your starting five, and you got to have three to five players off the bench that you would have to play. Who would it be? Okay, first of all, by saying 96, that means I get to put Troy in there. Troy's on it. Okay. okay. <laughs> so Troy wins again. I get to put Troy in there. Um, it's all Troy. Then, um, oh, I think you have to, you know, see your ticket. Now, keep in mind, um, we had Neil Griffin. Neil Griffin's right. got to be on any 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 team from that period of time. Neil was great. Um, and then you get into the, you know, when Kramer and, uh, and Bizell and Maurer era, our conference actually had six division one players. The GA had six division one players in one year. Right. They had Kramer and Bizell 
and we had Suggs at Washington. Right. We had Harrelson at St. Charles. We had Plockmeyer at Duchenne, and you had uh, McCoy out at at, uh, at Zumwalt South. So that's six. Um, and so that that's a pretty pretty impressive. Now you you've obviously got to take Suggs. I'd say. Duchenne, St. Charles, you got to go with Harrelson. Right. You got to go with uh, Zach Plockmeyer. And then from that point on, I think you got to go with all West guys, to be honest with Does you. Does Tison break that bubble? Ooh. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I think he definitely. breaks that bubble. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. You know, I don't think he does. Because I was thinking Plockmeyer, Harrelson, Bazell, Kramer, Tison, Troy being 96, yeah, Troy, 96. Neil Griffin. Neil. Uh, if we're just talking about kind of the Duchenne things oh. um, and, and the West and high things, I'm trying to think about. Uh, you know anyone else, but there's so much to choose from there in, the, yeah. in, in that clientele. Yeah, that's that, that, hard that's, to, uh, you know, to really snap. I mean, that again, out. those were those those years were, and especially once we got up around two thousand and three, four, five, six, seven, eight. All three of us had really, really good, good teams. teams. Yes, right. and that was you know, I mean, it's hard to get in gym when anybody yeah, plays each other. We're going to call this next segment kind of our last seg- uh, segment here. It's. We call this a whatever Chuck decides, cool. which is kind of whatever I want to do. Uh-oh. You know, so this one's brought to you by F45 Gym. I'm working out there. I'm a little slender here. You know? I, can, I noticed that. You know, proud of you. Yeah, kind of getting back into the workout thing. You know, got to get in there, and, and I can't turn into it. Once this COVID thing hit, uh, it was either hang out with my son and, and eat and drink all day or get back to some normalcy here and get to the gym. So F45, call Chad. Chad at 314-583-8376. Tell Chad that Chuck and Lou sent you, Pat Steinoff sent you, and uh, He'll get you on track. Down there on Elm Street, Elm Street, it's a great place. 45 minutes, you're in, you're out, and then you start getting buff, Lou. You know, you need to start getting down there getting buff, mm. you know, for your golf game here coming up senior year. Yeah. So, uh, you guys fan of the NBA bubble here at all, or have you watched much of it? Uh, I have. How yeah. about you, Lou? Yeah. I've watched some of it, like just games that are interesting. I'll see in my phone something's in overtime, turn it on. Eric Spolster's a coach. Yeah. Oh sure, sure. But they're I mean, all good coaches. He was, he was, but... he was, he was very underrated when he had you know LeBron and Wade and and Bosch, you right. know. But he was still a great coach. No, I think I think it's been amazing. I mean, just some, number one that they pulled it off. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, number two that they took it so serious. The NBA. I'm, I mean, they I'm took it you. serious. They find that guy one hundred fifty thousand dollars for a couple chicken wings that he went out to yeah. get. Now, of course, he got to the strip club. That didn't work out very yeah, good. But, yeah, that's uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But the point is, they took it so serious. Uh, from what I understand, the one of the new COVID tests developed by Wash U was actually tested at the bubble. That's you cool. know the fifteen minute uh, rapid you know, test. Yes, rapid test, and that was one of the places they they tested it. And the fact that they were able to go what it has been what nine ten weeks Absolutely. now with zero cases yeah. just shows you that. Uh, you know, it, it's been a huge success. I, I Obviously, th- was a success in hockey too. I, I, I think hockey. You know, when you take away my non-interest of hockey, and I know your interest of hockey. I mean, I got into it with the Blues and everything, yeah. but I think hockey might even outreach the bubble of the um, basketball only because they're getting their asses kicked every night. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and uh, you know the basketball let their families in late. You know, you saw Maybe. that, and and the NHL didn't. NHL and, let some people in, but some very, families, I mean, but not you talk about you know few. to put it in perspective, Patty Maroon's wife wasn't there when they won the Stanley Cup. You know, and their families weren't. And I think that's, you know, that's a game that's just a little bit more grueling in my mind. And, you know, um, 
you know, basketball can be kind of a, a situation where, you know, you're not going to get touched the entire game, have some fun. But hockey, you're going through not only not seeing your family injuries, but I thought hockey did great. I thought uh, basketball did great. I thought baseball sucked. Um, I, I just didn't really enjoy it on a, on a meter, you know, scale of one to ten with the Cardinals. I never got past a five. And when they made it to those last three games that I watched, I finally made it to a seven or eight. But I just couldn't get there. Um, well, you know, let's face it. We, we, were, we in St. Louis were very, very uh, concerned that Major League Baseball Baseball would just tell the Cardinals, we're just going to play the season without you. Right. Okay, we're sorry, but hey, we got to move on. Right. Um, you know, and that and that didn't happen, and I'm glad it didn't. But uh, you know, I, I just I just thought I thought it was a great stuff. The NBA and hockey was a service. Now come here, these guys are getting paid a lot of money. Okay, right. and let let's face it, the NBA did not did not make a huge amount of money. It cost them $150 million to pull that off down there. Uh So uh, I think you have to give them a huge amount of credit for doing it. I agree. So let's move on to another random question, a golf foursome. Uh, Who's your golf foursome going to be? I'll give you mine first. How about that? Okay, sure. So if I'm going to go out tomorrow, I'm going to play with Tiger Woods, uh, Jennifer Aniston, Oh, okay. Oh, why not? I didn't know she played. She does. I saw her on Instagram. She she kicks around a little bit. Uh, Michael Jordan and Fred Couples. Those are my four. It's pretty random, isn't it? Yeah. But Jennifer Aniston and I in a cart, uh, Tiger and Fred, and then we go out there and hit him around a little bit. Okay. I know um, that was totally random. But. Well, I mean, Fred Couples has to be in consideration for mine. Yeah. Tiger's definitely there. And Fred Couples, that's a sweet swing. So Lou, Tiger, throw Phil in there. You love Phil. Throw some side bets in there. Yeah. Uh, why not Fred Couples in there as well? You got a coach? What about your force? Well, he can stay with the boys. First of all, I'd like to be Fred Couples. He's the, no, cool, he's the coolest, coolest. Uh, cool cat. How old is he? Like 55, 56? He's 60 uh, now. 60. He's the coolest 60 year old guy in yeah. the world. I so, uh, still yeah. stay up with Tiger and Phil. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I really, I, yeah, he wouldn't be part of my foursome, you know. Um, let's see. First of all, believe it or not, I'd want Charles Barkley. Yeah. I'd want Charles Barkley. I think, you know, I don't care how bad he is. I he just, might get I, hit. He might have to bring a special I ball. just think it would be just just quite a hoot to and play And you'd have with. to be in his cart, don't you think? Oh, yes, yeah. definitely. Um, uh, playing golf, this is more or less maybe like going out to eat, but definitely playing golf even. I'd like Bob Costas. Yeah. I'm, I'm, you know, Bob Costas and I are about the exact same age, and I just think he's just incredibly interesting guy. I mean, just you know, what he's been through in life. You, you know? know what I found out today, Coach? What's that? My college roommate. Kurt yeah. struck off. Sure, I know. Just bought a new house. His yes. neighbor is Bob Costas. Really? There you go. It was only go. a 6,500 square foot home he bought. And just moved into next door to Bob Costas. Well, you yeah. know, that's a slew education doing him well. I, mean, I, yeah, I, I, I did wrong, Eric. And, and my fourth one would have to be only because, uh, you know, just the competitiveness. I'd have to have Dave Landon. Don't with say me. Yeah, oh, Davey Davey boy. Landon. I mean, we play so Daddy. much, and I don't know if I could really, you know. You know, with, Can with, you imagine Charles Barkley and Dave Lehman in the same foursome? Uh, you know, Dave, I could not imagine that. Uh, I have to wear hip boots. It'd be so deep. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, no, Dave actually did play with... Uh, he got to play. A, he went to some kind of convention. Played with Jim McMahon. He played a couple days in a row. Jim McMahon. So I don't know. But anyway, I, I think that would be that would be cool. Those, those guys. Jim so, McMahon back in his day, or Jim McMahon now? Now. Okay. Now. Yes. Back in his day, that was a little bit different. <laughs> yeah, you might have needed. I'm not too sure he's any different now than he was. Yeah, I was going to say. Day, you know? Either way, you better expect to stay up till 4 a.m. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, if you could, let's get If you could choose an athlete from St. Louis who's from St. Louis, 
that you could be. Like if you said, you know what, if I could go back to being 17 years old to 41 years old, I'd have been this athlete. But you had to be from St. Louis. We have some guys from St. Louis, sure, obviously. Sure. Who, who would your guy be? I'd say David Freeze. Oh, fuck. You took mine, buddy. I, well, I mean, <laughs> I mean, now you have to love the grind of getting through, going through your entire baseball career. But I mean, I think now that he's done playing baseball. Who are I some think, other ones? I mean, that's that's an yeah. uh, uh, Patty Maroon would have to be a good one here. I don't recently, know if I'd with, be him. with two Stanley Cups, taking a shirt off again here. Yeah. What about they, they David tell me, Freeze? Uh, then, you know, I mean, that just, just you know, because that's that's gonna be forever, okay? Forever, um, forever. Um, you know, I mean, right, right now, I mean, you know, obviously Jason Tatum comes to mind. Right, I mean, right. My goodness, he's one of the five, six best players in the NBA right now. <laughs> I, I have a, think I have, I have a question that you yeah. might know more than sure. me. I was kind of doing some yeah, prep work for this research. Mm-hmm. Was Mike Shannon that really good? Was he? Is he that good in other sports? Yes, yes. He, they said he possibly could have been a Heisman Trophy winner. At the college level, yes, he yeah, went. To, he, he could have been. He went to. Uh, he went to Mizzou. I think he might have played his freshman year. Uh, Did he go to CBC? He went to CBC. He went to CBC. And they they tell the story that when he was uh, walking off the baseball field one day in his baseball spikes, that the uh, track team was practicing, and he went over and he he high jumped something like six foot six two in his baseball spikes. Just whatever. No, yeah, he and he was you know again. A guy that you know, you think back. Of course, you know Bob Gibson died. You know a couple of days ago. Right. The 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 '60s. You know, and and Mike Shannon being right in the middle of that, being from CBC in high school and being a St. Louis guy. Uh, yeah, I think you know. Yeah. I go go back a generation. And then you trace the next. You know, obviously announcing. Yeah. You know, being a part. Of, he was he was yeah. one that kind of came to mind. That yeah. Would There's be. a good story about Mike Shannon when he was playing <laughs> at CBC. I've heard he played with Stan Musial's kid. Really? Yeah, they played football together, and obviously. CBC back then was still in the city, uh-huh. so they would they played SLU every year. It's a big game in the mm, city sure. between the two private schools, and the SLU kids. I mean, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sugarcoat this. They wouldn't beat the crap out of Musial's kid on the right. football field because Stan was still playing. So they would tell him throw it to Musial or give it to Musial. Shannon goes over to SLU student section says, "You want me to give it to Musial?" They're all excited, like, "Yeah, sure." Hands it to Musial and he runs for about a sixty-yard touchdown. That's and he awesome. comes over <laughs> slew section and he goes, "You still want me to give it to Musial?" That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, you know, talking about um, you know Bob Gibson passing away a couple right. days ago. One point one two ERA one year. Yes, well, that was the year I'm talking about. In 1968, I'm, I'm a sophomore in high school. Right. Okay, and I'm at I'm, I'm playing you know football at Duchenne, and I'm a sophomore and I'm the quarterback. But I you know I you know you know I wasn't. Girls I was always are always the, around. I was you. always on the edge of having somebody take my place. But that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But anyway, my good friend, who you know, Pogo McKay, yeah. his aunt was a nun. And she somehow gets tickets to the first game of the 1968 World Series. The Detroit Tigers, Denny McLean, 31 wins versus Bob Gibson. So I've got a chance to go. And I keep in mind, back in those days, they played in the afternoon. Right. So I've got to make this decision. So I go to my football coach, Coach Coach Barrow, greatest guy in the world, but a hard-nosed guy. And I said, Coach, I said, this is – but I've got a chance to go to the World Series game right. tomorrow. But I'm going to have to miss practice. And, uh, you know, he looked at me, and I, I – you know, I know he was just – gonna say you know but he said all right you know go ahead and so anyway i was at the game where bob gibson struck out 17 that's awesome 17 tigers now we were sitting in the third row at the very very top but uh that was that was probably probably the coolest thing that i've ever been at personally uh-huh. okay and i guess i was you know i was 15 years old at the time uh but boy i, I never i never forgot that that's that was awesome. so cool 
And Bob was. Gibson was so good. Apparently, like you can answer this for me. Bob Gibson apparently was so good that like it would be rare for somebody to take his place during the game. Is that oh, true? Oh, sure. He, went, he, went, he had he had two hundred and fifty five complete games okay. and only two hundred fifty one wins. Um, Something I'll, I'll give you a trivia. Done I'll give times. you a trivia question. All right. Who's the only two professional athletes who, because of their performance, actually dictated a change? Into either the rules, or well, Bob Gibson's one of them, or the or the shape of the field. Bob Gibson lowered the mound. Bob Gibson lowered the That's mound. One. Is it still in baseball or no? No. Okay. Oh, I thought it was Ozzy Smith and his backflips or something. No, I was going to say um, this it, actually altered the the the, the playing. Would, play it be ba- would it be basketball? Okay. Oh, Wilt Chamberlain. Wilt Chamberlain. Yeah. Oh, fuck it, you, Luke. What was it? Yeah. What? Lowered, they lowered the hoop, didn't? No. I, no. No. It the hoop. No. Um, oh, Rain Man. What is it? The lane. Oh, yeah. The lane was so narrow that Wilt could catch it, turn around, and dunk it, and it still wouldn't be three seconds. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay? Uh-huh. So they widened, they widened the lane. So Bob Gibson lowered the mound. And by the way, I just read this in the paper today on the you know tributes to Bob Gibson. He, you know, he had a 1.12 ERA at 68. Uh-huh. They lowered the mound, and the next year his ERA was 2.1. So, I mean, you know, <laughs> it didn't make that much didn't difference. Make a whole lot he was of difference so great. There. So we're going to end the show kind of Frank Cusimano style oh, here, Coach. Boy. Coach, this isn't on your notes. Oh, okay. Gosh, you know, the show gosh, prep we've done oh, here, man, I, man. I tell you what. So word association. You know, you've heard you've heard Frank do this before on his sure. show. Uh, first thing that pops into your head, I'm going to kind of say some things, and you're going to go with it here. You ready? Yeah. Brad Soderberg. Uh, awesome person. Most intense game you've ever coached. Well, when you've coached like a thousand of them, it takes a minute. Yeah, it is. To, um... State championship game in 95. Um, yeah. What about the game against Troy at that time where people were just all over the place? Just, I mean, B- just, biggest game in St. Charles West history and St. Charles West's gym yeah, by far. Absolutely. You know, 1993. Kish Lewis and the boys? Kish Lewis, uh, Alan Hug, and Belcher were seniors. Yeah, mm-hmm. Ryan was in. Most, underweight, most underrated warrior? Pat Stein. Oh, no. Nope. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Gosh, overall athlete or basketball player? Let's give overall athlete. Um, Adrian Beard. Got it. Uh, I'd say Neil Griffin Neil for Griffin? my age because nobody knows who Neil Griffin is. Well, we all do. Well, you just mean, don't because you're 12. The, yeah. the, only, and the, 12? Only, the only reason I put Adrian ahead is because Adrian was a three-sport guy and Neil was a two-sport guy. Okay. But Adrian was phenomenally, you know, he played cornerback at Kansas State. He was on a state championship basketball team, and he won three state tra- three, three straight championships uh, in in track. Wow! So yeah, he was he was take that Lou. Dang it! Sports hero growing up, Stan Musial, a coach that would have to coach your '95 team because you were sick. State championship game, Paul Bosher. Paul Bosher. Cedar Sod. Sod's easier, <laughs> but I did. But I did seed. <laughs> College coaching or high school basketball? Oh, high school, but you know, at my age, college is better now. <laughs> Ryan Kiernan or Billy Seymour on your team? Ryan Kiernan, simply because oh. I only had Billy just one year. Those one that one year. Kramer Soderberg. Perfect attitude. Alex Bazell. 
unbelievable growth from the time he was from the time I started with him until what he finished was I never, I don't know if I've ever seen anybody actually grow now I'm, I'm, and I'm talking about not just height yes yeah. I'm talking about growing in every area player of person player, person maturity everything you know Floyd Irons misunderstood right um, what else yeah. about him well you know I mean he he was a guy that I think was a great coach right uh you know, and again, people always complained about, you know, how he got his players. Right. Uh, I don't think people would complain near as much today because what, what he was doing then is being done in about now. 15 places right yeah. now. Before right. we uh, ask the next question, sure. I had some breaking news with Boom. high school. Uh-oh. Give Another us- St. Louis County school has jumped into the ring and is playing outside St. Louis County for football. Who's that? Can you guess? It's a St. Louis County public school by itself. Three, two, one, Kirkwood. Whoa! <laughs> Playing Marquette on Friday. That's going to be a good game. That'll be a good game. Kirkwood but, says, "Woo!" Location. Getting, getting back to Floyd, you know, he, you know, when we played him those two years in a row, he actually, I, I, I have it framed up upstairs in my little memorabilia room, a, a letter from him, uh-huh. you know, congratulating us and stuff. And so, you know, I think it was yeah. right. Ryan Robertson. Um. Oh, what's the word that you use for somebody that? Um, Plays, you know, some let's say some five-year-old that can sit down and play the piano, mm-hmm. you know, and, talented, huh? Talented, you, you know, beyond that, somebody that's just born, then he's just born to play basketball. Yeah, natural, I mean, yes, I, natural. You know, just uh, a savant almost when gotcha. it comes to the basketball. Mitch Wilkins, misunderstood, just like Floyd. I actually got along really well with Mitch, although he was uh, he was the guy that everybody loved to hate, right? Uh, but if your goal in high school basketball is to get your kids to play hard, you know, he went over and above that. Those guys those guys played so hard, you know. The MCC Basketball Conference. Um, difficult, but also... Overrated? No. Yeah, I mean, maybe at times, but I, I think the biggest thing is you get so many kids that could be going to any one of the five schools, right. okay? Right. So, you know, unlike us out here, you know, this guy, every every kid playing, could he could be going to this school, he could be going to that school, right. you know. Marshall Newman. Love him. He's just an awesome guy. I spent time with him again today. Yeah. Uh, probably the most in-touch guy uh, in St. Louis on high school and college sports. 100%. Earl Austin Jr. Oh, just uh, so important to the St. Louis sports scene. Um, said it you know, I just, yeah, Earl's just, uh, you know, just a treasure. Right. Um, the Chuck yeah. and Lou show. Well, I, it certainly fills a big need, you know. <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, what would Sunday nights be without the Chuck and Lou show? You got you know? it. I think that's all. I, I, I'm honored to be on here, and I just I, I love I love doing what you guys are you're doing. I, I I never miss a show. That's right. You never miss a show. That's you right. Know? Now, what's great about it is I don't have to listen to it on Sunday night. Let's do it anytime. Anytime you want, that's right. baby. Anytime yes. you want. That's right. So we're last right. last thing. What do you? Twenty twenty St. Louis Cardinal season. In one word. Um. Disappointing. Um, I'd say stupid. No, I would say um, watchable. I would say uninteresting with the exception of Yachty and Wainwright. 100%. Yeah, I mean, those two guys, I, 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 just, I was just blown away 
with how you can be 39 and 37 years old. And have and, all the money in the world. And perform the way they perform and lead the way they led. 100%. You know, and, and I read in the paper that, you know, I, I guess that's going to be the big topic. But I think the Cardinals... Uh, would be absolutely crazy not to bring them both back. 100%. If you had to reason. bring both those two back, but you had to trade Fowler or Carpenter, who would you trade? Both. If you had to trade one. I'd, yeah, wait a minute. I'd, I'd give both of them away for a couple of broken bats. Yep. All right? I mean, I'd, you know. I'd, I'd give but see, that's the problem. The problem, you, can, you, you not only cannot trade them, you can't even give them away. No. Because nobody wants their salary. No, I'd give them both away. Yeah. I'd have you know, Fowler's, Carlos Martinez Fowler's used to be a DJ on Main Street. Fowler's salary is a little bit more workable now that it's one year left on it. Yep. Carpenter's is not. Well, but Fowler's is a little bit more workable. I tell you what, you know, if Carlos Martinez down there on Main Street, he has to leave at 11, though, because he could be playing music past 11 down there, so it's you got to keep it make sure it's on, on point. But Carlos needs to go. <laughs> well, I, 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 I think that, that the Cardinals have ex- exhausted their patience yes. with him. But just stop and think what they could have got for that guy five years ago. It could have been a lot. Oh, my goodness. Because he was the next Pedro Martinez oh my five goodness. years they ago. Could have got, they could have got whatever they asked for, but, uh, you yeah. know. I tell you what, what, what a great evening to get back on the air here during COVID. Uh-huh. We, can't, we can't do it all the time, but, Coach, we, we really appreciate you. Uh, and I know thank the, you for having me. I know the community appreciates you coming on. We, we just learn so much from you, and we, we, get to, we get these stories, and then, obviously, it's it, the show works a lot better when there's somebody else besides – Chuck and Lou here. Well, you know they look uh, at our Chuck faces Lou, on there. You know they they, 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 they they see that you're on the show. They're going to tune well, in. They, you know, they, you know the, the the knowledge that you two guys possess. You know, uh, and you know it's all and it's what's what's great is that you have different perspectives. Obviously, mine is a very old perspective, and yours more of a middle perspective. Right. And of course, you know having the young perspective, and, right. and that's and that's really what sports are all about. Absolutely, how, how people look at things. Absolutely. You know? So, Iggy, thank you for coming out yes. tonight. Uh, getting well, it all set up here. Good luck on the pool, man. Absolutely. Thanks. Good luck. Good luck I to thanks for my son Landon for helping out tonight, kind of rolling around on the ground and dropping stuff. And uh, Lou, as always, thanks for coming down. And we look to get back on the Appreciate show here, yes. uh, up and running, maybe with some more guests here in the next two or three weeks. This is Chuck and Lou and Coach Terry. Thanks so much, guys. Thank Appreciate you. it. Bye bye. Bye bye, Landon.